Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Samuels vs. Schlanger. I'm Leighton Samuels, I'm Leighton Schlanger, and you have not warmed up this voice yet. Oh my god, okay, here it is. Alright, we found it. Hello, I am Schlanger, this is Samuels, this is my show. No, this is my show, as we established on Tuesday. I'm on a roll, and we are going to continue to roll today. Um... I'm feeling good. Are you feeling good? Well, I don't know. I, I feel a little betrayed because you committed poddultery again. Again, despite all of my protests, you continue to hop on to We Know Fantasy podcasts without my permission. I do, and I will continue to do so. Um, I was, in fact, on the We Know Fantasy contributors podcast last night. We were talking about injured players that are returning that... uh. That could be of value or uh, or are just naturally superstars like Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey. But also, y'all should check out that podcast. It had some really interesting information. The My personal biggest takeaway from it is Michael Pittman, the rookie-wide receiver with the Indianapolis Colts who looked like he was going to have a starting role um, in week two before he got injured. And... Philip Rivers has to throw it to someone. T.Y. Hilton hasn't proved that he's the guy. And as we said, they have a guy named Marcus Johnson, um, who we've never heard of catching passes over there. Um, so I think Michael Pittman will be able to step in. Uh, maybe not his first game back, but if he is available on waivers, you might want to pick him up. I think he has at least a higher ceiling than a lot of the guys currently available in the free agent pool. Um, but he also, of course, has the low floor of what could potentially be the second or third option in a Philip Rivers-led passing attack. So that's that. Uh, but there is much more that you can find on that podcast that would be great for everyone to listen to. Um, it is uh, You can find it at We Know Fantasy on Twitter, or you can find it at www.weknowfantasy.com. There's also at We Know Fantasy on Instagram, at We Know Fantasy on Facebook. That's right, they are everywhere, and they are also kind enough to support our podcast. You mean my podcast, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. You go to all those podcasts, Okay. You go to all those podcasts, you call yourself Leighton, and you go and do that podcast. What is the difference, the only difference between this podcast and those podcasts? Um, the, the fact that this is a podcast with... No, no, no. The only difference is me. This is, this is my podcast. I am the one who makes it this podcast. So honestly, actually, when you put that way, you actually have a good point. You have a, you have a really good point. Tell me that, bro. Would you freaking argue with me or something? Can you just, like, have a freaking spine, bro? Can you have a backbone, bro? Can you do anything at all without me telling you to do it? No, I cannot. We have a lot of football to get to today, so we are going to go ahead and jump to it. Um, we have a Thursday night recap, which is which was a, actually a, a fairly exciting game, if a little sloppy, between the Falcons and the Panthers. Um... We also have a couple of players that we want to hit that, once again, we did not hit on Tuesday, so we want to hit them now. And as always, on Friday, my favorite time of the week, we have our flex plays for the weekend. I am excited, so go ahead and hit that drop. That's right, you're nothing without me. This is the drop. This is the drop. This is the drop. Samuels versus Schlanger. Oh, this is going to be brutal. 
agree to disagree. We are going to start today with our Thursday night recap in which the Atlanta Falcons take down the Carolina Panthers 25 to 17, but we don't care about that score. What we care about is scoring fantasy points. And you know who sneaky got some fantasy points in a way that he almost never does? That's right, it's Matt freaking Ryan. Like, you look at his, you, you, you normally, when you go to the box score to look at how someone did fantasy-wise, you, you look at Matt Ryan with his passing, goes for 281 yards and an interception, so you're doing the math there, and you're like, okay, like, God, not even, not even 10 points. Like, that's single-digit fantasy points, and you're like, man, Matt Ryan really screwed me over today. But that's not all. That's right, baby. Matt Ryan ran. Matt Ryan decided to move those mid-30s aged legs of his and hustle for a touchdown. And that was a that was a long touchdown run. I mean, he he had the he had to hustle down the line for friggin' how many yards? 13 yards! That's a full first down plus three. Like that is that is not something that Matt Ryan usually does. With that added on, he ended up getting you almost 18 fantasy points, which, you know, could be better. I mean, this is a guy who uh, historically has been a top six, top seven QB in fantasy, and he's been kind of struggling this year. But like, you know, you live with 18 fantasy points or almost 18 fantasy points. So... Uh, we're proud of Matt Ryan there, and we're proud of Julio, my god, freaking Julio Jones, right? Like, for a guy who has been struggling with injuries literally his whole career, he is, I think, legit the toughest player in the NFL. Um, he, he just continues to produce while dealing with injuries. 20.7 fantasy points, zero touchdowns with that. If he catches a touchdown, if he, if he catches a touchdown, this is... This is, again, we're, we're looking at, at the kind of week that could win you your week. Um, other pass catchers uh, uh, that uh, of relevance for the Falcons, it's looking like Hayden Hurst. He was targeted seven times, and we know that they're going to be trying. We You know, here on this podcast, we've been talking up Hayden Hurst the entire season, saying it's only a matter of time, and it's only a matter of time before he gets targeted in the red zone. Again, doesn't catch a touchdown here, but he gets you 10.4 fantasy points. You are happy with that in that tight end slot, especially if you have Hayden Hurst, because that means you didn't invest um, in one of the top draft picks, unless you invested in Zach Ertz, in which, I'm sorry, uh, but we had a bit of an issue. Do you wanna? Do you wanna lay that down? Oh yeah, this one was tough. We saw Calvin Ridley go down with an ankle injury after only three receptions for 42 yards. That's 7.2 fantasy points. And you're thinking, oh, is it the Russell Gage show now? Except he only totaled three targets. Like, I think that Russell Gage gets more involved whenever they game plan for him next week. And that is if, that is if Calvin Ridley misses time. We do have a full 10 days before they have to play again, he might be able to get healthy in this mini buy, as we call it, as we call it, as as like the whole world calls it. Well, maybe not the whole world, but we also call it that, so I can say that. Why are you? Why are you? Why you gotta come at me like that, bro? <laughs> You're really testy today. That's right, I am. Because you keep. I I don't know if I can trust you anymore with all the poddultery. Can we get back to football analysis? Yes, fine, fine, we can. Um. The other question mark here is the Brian Hill-Todd Gurley conundrum. Once again, Brian Hill is looking like the more 
explosive back. And this is the guy who we were talking about, uh, I think, two or three weeks ago, who was someone maybe you should pick up off of waivers because Todd Gurley was looking kind of trash and Brian Hill was looking like a stud. And now, you know, everything evens out. Todd Gurley does get more touches, 18 carries to Brian Hill's 11 carries. Uh, But Brian Hill was the one used in the passing game, getting three targets, catching two of them for nine yards. Gurley, of course, gets the touchdown. But look at these yards per carry. Todd Gurley averaged 2.6 yards per carry against a Carolina defense that has been notorious for giving up big plays to running backs. And Brian Hill does the big play thing and averages five yards per carry. Like... I mean, it's tough from a fantasy standpoint because I have a feeling this is how the Falcons are going to be using these guys. Like, clearly, it worked for this game. They finally won a game. Finally won a game. They have they had won a game before, yes, but they had been disappointed by losses this whole time. This clearly worked because Gurley was fresh down the stretch. He was the one that really got them in position to... Uh, to <laughs> to get those last points in the fourth quarter to, to, to put the game, well, potentially out of uh, out of hand for the Carolina Panthers until young Waku missed an extra point. But clearly, they trust Todd Gurley the most, but Brian Hill ain't going anywhere. And yeah, we don't really have any... I don't think Brian Hill is fantasy relevant, to, to, to Schlanger's point. It is Todd Gurley. It's just how much fantasy... Uh, production is Brian Hill going to take away from Todd Gurley. Moving over to the other side of the ball. That's right, baby. Houston Roughnecks superstar PJ Walker making his NFL debut, question mark? I don't actually know if he's um, hit the field in an NFL uh, in an NFL uniform before, but um, I was happy to see him out there. I was, uh, <laughs> Your Houston like team loyalty just goes way too far. The Roughnecks, bro, really? Like the XFL isn't even a thing, and they're not gonna be a thing. Hey, The Rock bought it, so they're probably gonna come back. And PJ Walker was very exciting to watch there. Unfortunately, he went one for four for three yards before Teddy Bridgewater came back and did... You know what? I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater things. He dink and dunked his way to 176 yards passing with a touchdown and interception, just like average. He actually did better with on his feet today. He, he got you three points um, with just his legs today. Uh, five carries for 30 yards. Looked good running the ball when he did have to scramble. The, the Falcons' pass rush was just all over him, and I really worry... Um, because remember, going into the season, we were expecting Robbie Anderson to be the deep threat and DJ Moore to be the possession guy. But it's the opposite. And those of us that invested in <laughs> you said those of us. You're just bummed about DJ Moore because he is on one of your teams. Yes, yes. Everyone who invested in DJ Moore was expecting more of a target share for him. And instead, he seems to be the deep threat guy. And with Teddy Bridgewater, uh, with the offensive line not able to protect Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, DJ Moore had was putting was putting up a goose egg until until the fourth quarter. I think until that last drive when he finally caught a couple of passes. He was still targeted six times. That was second on the team. Robbie Anderson led with eight targets, and DJ Moore ended with more yards than Robbie Anderson because again that deep threat. He had that nice forty-two yard catch. And DJ Moore was the one who was targeted 
when uh, when Teddy Bridgewater threw that game-ending interception. So I think DJ Moore is still the guy they trust the most, but he's also the guy that you can't trust the most. And Robbie Anderson gets you 9.8 points, which is better than DJ Moore's 7.5. Honestly, all of it is underwhelming, especially when Curtis freaking Samuel gets two touchdowns, one through the air on a on a beautiful flea flicker play. It was it was a really fun play, but like well, Curtis Samuel, why Curtis Samuel? Why not Robbie Anderson? Why not DJ Moore? Why all of a sudden is Curtis Samuel the guy? Uh, he gets you a total of twenty one point four fantasy points. Like that's a stud performance. I was expecting either Robbie Anderson or DJ Moore or freaking both of them to get that kind of production against the Falcons. But uh, Curtis, Samuels, uh, Curtis Samuel has been their gadget guy. Mike Davis uh, only got two targets in this game. He seems to be being used less and less in the passing game, which is interesting. Uh, of course, none of this is going to matter when Christian McCaffrey comes back and this whole thing gets shaken up. I talked about this on the We Know Fantasy podcast. I think Mike Davis has carved himself out a role. He has been too talented. He has demonstrated his his power running. And I know Christian McCaffrey has historically been really good at the goal line. But Mike Davis, averaging 5.1 yards per carry, just seems unstoppable at times. So I expect, A, I expect Curtis Samuel's role to almost disappear and I expect Christian McCaffrey to jump back right into not only a top five running back role, but a top five total fantasy players role per game for the rest of the season. And I expect Mike Davis to occasionally fall into the end zone. Like he might, again, this is a stretch, probably closer to like RB4 or RB3, but there is a chance he could have some flex appeal if they continue to use him in interesting ways. That's about it for the Thursday night game. We have a live read, and then we're going to move on to the rest of the show. What do you got for us, Schlanger? Okay, all right, fine, make me do it. Okay, are you bummed about COVID? Does the indoor mask mandate bring you down? Do you hate being kicked out of your favorite Walmart because you did not want to wear a mask? Well, we have a deal that'll make you jump out of your jorts. Try Mesh Mask. That's right, Mesh Mask. We here at Mesh Mask believe that spreading your unwanted mouth droplets is your God-given right. These masks have plenty of holes in them, so you get to feel the comfort of not wearing a mask at all, which you might as well not be. The best part is, if you use the promo code SVS, you can get 20% off your first order, and we'll throw in a free box of Mesh Condoms. Mesh Mask. Please don't use this around your loved ones. Oh my god, yeah, seriously, please. Please do not use that around your loved ones. Please wear actual masks. Why would why would we use them as an episode sponsor? I don't know, bro. You're the one that's trying to find us episode sponsors. You're the one that's trying to get us funding. And you just, you just, hey, I, I am... Oof, I am doing the best we can. Mesh Mask wanted to sponsor us, and we uh, they sent us the live read. Do you not proofread these things? No, no, I don't. Well, that's a gross oversight on your part, because we are spreading the good word in a very bad way. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. 
Do you know what I'm saying? No, I don't. I don't. And we have more football to get to. Uh, a few things that we did not get to on Tuesday that I would love to bring up. First of all, the Chicago Bears, another team, kind of like the Bengals. We don't talk about the Bears very often because they seem pretty straightforward, honestly. It's like you got Allen Robinson. Were you? <laughs> was that the was that the joke that they just? Yes, yes, yes. That was the joke that they have Allen Robinson. And don't worry about <laughs> this past week. Like, yes, he only got you eleven fantasy points, but that shows you his floor when he's being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey. He's he's a stud. He's going to be great. the The guy who I really want to bring up though is David Montgomery. So he's. The only guy there now, he has been, especially with, not especially, with Tariq Cohen out, like, sure, Cordero Patterson is getting a few runs, he got three carries uh, this past Sunday, but David Montgomery got 14 of the 17 carries on the day, plus he garnered five targets in the passing game, catching all five of them. He's a workhorse back on a team that finds ways to win, like, remember, Chicago beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I dare say might be one of the... I, I Honestly, if you were to ask me right now who was going to win the NFC South, it's, it's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not the New Orleans Saints. Like, I think that they have the talent, they have the defense, they have the offense, plus they're getting AB. We'll get to that later. But um, Chicago beat them, and and they're, they're a half-decent team. And their, their schedule gets so much easier. Down the stretch in weeks 13 through 16, which includes pretty much everyone's fantasy playoffs, they get Detroit, Houston, Minnesota, and Jacksonville in that order. David Montgomery is my favorite, I think. I think. Um, reasonable buy candidate right now. Because you can still get him from people. And he, gosh, he has the potential to be a league winner with workhorse volume against those kinds of matchups. I'm very excited about David Montgomery. If you can trade for him in your league, I recommend it highly. Um, Who do you want to talk about? I would like to move on to the Washington football team. Um, Speaking of, you just just gave us a a bit of a buy, not a buy low candidate per se, um, because David Montgomery has shown that he has a pretty decent floor. Um, But we want to talk about a sell high candidate, and that would be Antonio freaking Gibson. Like, what a performance against Dallas, first of all. 18.8 fantasy points for Antonio Gibson, uh, the uh, rookie who, like, you know, like, we we didn't know what was going to be going on, and he wasn't even going to have this opportunity until everything went down with Darius Geis and everything, so, like, very, very proud of Antonio Gibson, who clearly, obviously, has surpassed Peyton Barber, and just, like, he's, he's the guy, he is the running back in Washington, but the only problem, one target, zero catches, and, you know, but in his defense, that might have been game script, uh, he was going against Dallas, and they were up, um, I mean, they were up nine to three after the first quarter, and Dallas didn't score any more points, so they were going to be running the ball, yeah, sure, sure, of course, except they threw the ball 25 times, which I would say is pretty average, and, 
like JD McKissick still got two targets and he got both for 16 yards. Like JD McKissick is their passing down guy. And yes, he only got two targets in this particular game, but JD McKissick has had at least six targets in the in in each of the three games leading up to this past game, uh, including eight targets in two of those. Like when they are behind, JD McKissick is going to get a lot of work. Uh, sure, they played the Dallas Cowboys again. But remember, last week, the week before, they played the Giants, and Antonio Gibson could not really produce against them very well. And that's the Giants. That's not a great defense. Guess who they played this coming week? The Giants. And they will probably continue to give Antonio Gibson as many carries as possible. But still, Peyton Barber did get 10 carries in this game, and uh, I don't like... I don't like the idea that Washington uh, could potentially be in a negative game script for a vast majority of the rest of the season. Antonio Gibson is a sell-high candidate in a big way. Would you... This, this is actually just a question just that just popped in my head because it, it seems relevant to what we were just talking about. Would you trade Antonio Gibson for David Montgomery? You trading away Antonio Gibson and getting David Montgomery. Oof. That's... That's that's tough because it all it it feels like Antonio Gibson is oh, but but yeah no I'd do it I would absolutely do it because you get David Montgomery who is used in both the passing game and he's the workhorse uh, ball carrier and you know I expect Chicago to be playing with a lead maybe not a ton um, but we just talked about their defense is very good yeah yeah okay but so. But to that point, uh, David Montgomery is going to be running with a lead more often than Antonio Gibson in Washington. I would trade away Antonio Gibson and I would take David Montgomery. I like that analysis and I completely agree with you. I know we like to disagree on this uh, on this podcast, but uh, I don't know. It just came up and uh, I totally agree with you. I would much rather have David Montgomery rest of season than Antonio Gibson, despite a great breakout game for the young rookie. Um, The only other guy on the Washington Washington football team that I would like to talk about is Terry McLaurin, and I'm going to to say this very briefly. Uh, while, While we deal with the issue of negative game script for Antonio Gibson, the opposite goes for Terry McLaurin. We love it when Washington is playing from behind with Terry McLaurin. And speaking of great... Uh, fantasy playoff matchups in weeks 15 and 16 they get the Seahawks and the Panthers the Seahawks are going to put up a bunch of points that's going to be a terrible game for Antonio Gibson but Terry McLaurin might put up 38 points against the Seahawks with with how they're going to be playing from behind and then the Panthers of course um, just let Julio Jones go off against them Uh, I would say Terry McLaurin is a guy who you might try to buy relatively low because he did have have a good week against Dallas, so it might be tough to get him. Um, But I love his fantasy playoff schedule. And if you are someone who seems to be in a good position looking like you're going to make the playoffs, he might be a target for you. Uh, Real quick, because I really want to get to the flex plays, but I do want to hit Tampa because a lot's happened with Tampa Bay, both Antonio Brown coming to town, 
And <laughs> you said it again. I know you said that last time and I got the rhyme. And you did it on accident both times. I did. I did. And, but I still like it. Antonio Brown coming to town. Leonard Fournette is, uh, is going to be... <laughs> You can't shut it. Just, just talk football, would you? I could not think of a rhyme for Fournette. Um, Leonard Fournette continues to be the favorite back when he's healthy. I mean, and I say fully healthy. I'm because look, look at the game against Carolina, which was the last game he was fully healthy for. When he got injured during the Chicago game, during the Denver game, uh, immediately following that. Uh, in that game against Carolina, he and in this most recent game on Sunday, he outtouched Ronald Jones, uh, and they were both in winning efforts too. So it's not like they were they were just trying to grind out uh, a win towards the very. I mean, they they kind of were in that Panthers game, and that's how we got that 41 yard touchdown run. But like clearly, they trust him, and even better, they trust him in the passing game. He, he, he garnered five and seven targets, respectively, in those two games, while Rojo only got two in each. Uh, is there a changing of the guard? Do you believe that? I still believe in Ronald Jones. Um, I don't remember if that was my position a couple of weeks ago, the last time we talked about this, because sometimes we forget who's on whose side. But for this podcast right now, give me Rojo. He is still their guy. And plus, Leonard Fournette keeps dealing with injuries. If they're smart, they're going to keep using Leonard Fournette intelligently, not giving Fournette a full workload, making sure he stays healthy because, like you said, he is a very talented ball carrier as long as he's healthy and on the field. So give me Ronald Jones the rest of the season. I would honestly take Leonard Fournette over Ronald Jones. I think the passing game work says wonders about what but Ronald Jones was used in the passing game extensively while Leonard Fournette was out with injury yeah sure and and so yes Ronald Jones has proven he can do that but Leonard Fournette has proven it even more not just this year but in years past with the Jags but we can't talk about these two running backs forever because we have to hit the pass catchers Chris Godwin is out this week great AB is going to be back soon great we don't know how long Godwin is going to be out the problem is Mike Evans. The problem is Mike Evans. Scotty Miller had an amazing game. It, like, baffling that he got nine targets compared to Mike Evans' two targets. I mean, and if you look at the targets in this game, nine targets and nine targets for Chris Godwin and Scotty Miller, and then eight targets for Rob Gronkowski and seven targets to Leonard Fournette. And, like, like that's what I'm talking about with Fournette. Like, that kind of use in the passing game is unbelievable, for a running back. I don't think Gronk is going anywhere. Gronk is back. He 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 took a year off of football, so make it makes sense that it's taken, you know, six or seven weeks for him to get back into football shape. But he's back. And he's always going to be Tom Brady's favorite target. Chris Godwin took over the Edelman role, so Chris Godwin is always going to be um at least in the mix as far as far as as far as high target shares. I think Scotty Miller is actually if you're looking at like play style. Scotty Miller might be the most similar to Julian Edelman, and I think that's why Tom Brady keeps looking his way. Chris Godwin is just a slot receiver, while Scotty Miller plays like Edelman, and Mike Evans gets lost in the sauce. Is that the right phrase for it? I have no idea. I don't know why. I don't know if anyone's saying lost in the sauce anymore, and I'm pretty sure that's actually a reference to booze, and I don't think that Mike Evans is getting wasted on the football field. (laughs) No, no, he is not. Um, that was, in fact, the wrong phrase for me to use. But Mike Evans is getting lost. And if you look at A.B.'s 
one game, his only game with New England last year, he got eight targets and four receptions, including a touchdown. That's one game. It didn't even require a ramp-up game to get that kind of attention from Tom Brady. Tom Brady apparently loves Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown was this close to signing with the Seahawks. You can't see my fingers, but they're very close together. This close to signing with the Seahawks when Tom Brady himself convinced him to go to Tampa. You know that's appealing to AB's ego. You know that AB is going to be used in Tampa. I think Scotty Miller's the one to go, and unfortunately, I think Mike Evans is the one to, to lose targets because it's just all going to be Gronk, Godwin, and AB. And that is that is disconcerting. I don't think Evans is is gone. Evans is still their biggest receiver. Uh, but there's Gronk. But he's not a receiver. I'm, I'm saying their biggest receiver. Mike Evans on the outside is going to be their big guy. Tom Brady will continue to throw those fade those fade routes, those jump balls in the end zone to Evans. I think he will have value. I don't know if AB will. Um, it's all speculation, uh, but I do agree with you. Scotty Miller, whenever AB show up, shows up, Scotty Miller will be the one for sure that loses out on his targets. Agree to disagree, I suppose, um, regarding Evans. Uh, I'm really worried about him. Anyway, we have flex plays to get to, so... Let's hit those flex plays. Who is your favorite flex play this week? So, I don't know what it is about it, but like my favorite flex plays are almost always wide receivers because like running backs, you know what you're going to get. Like those top 20 guys are the top 20 guys. And like that's, those are the guys that are going to get the job done. But with wide receivers, you have all of this this uh, fluctuation is not the right word. You have you have a wide range of possible results. Exactly. Um, but there's a word for that that we can't think of right now. Um, so my favorite flex play of the week is T. Higgins. And I know he he was my guy last week. Why? What are you doing stealing my picks? I'm doing what I do best, and that is taking your ideas in your research and turning them into freaking gold because let me tell you if you think that Tennessee is going to stop Cincinnati's passing game you're wrong you're just wrong Joe Burrow is playing out of his mind and T Higgins has has quickly become one of his favorite targets AJ Green did I think did right about the same as him last week um let me go ahead and check that. Do, do, do. Yeah. Uh, AJ Green had 13 targets to T. Higgins' five last week. And yet you still believe in T. Higgins over AJ Green? I do. I do. And, you know, I, I think AJ Green, AJ Green has been such a boom or bust kind of production guy. And still, T. Higgins was the one who caught the touchdown. T. Higgins scored more fantasy points. T. Higgins caught all five of his five targets. Uh, Joe Burrow and T. Higgins just have a connection. And, you know, A.J. Green for honorable mention as far as flex plays go. Like, I, I still think he is a good flex play against the Tennessee Titans that they will need to throw the ball on a lot because the Tennessee's offense is going to steamroll the Bengals. Um, but I like T. Higgins much more than A.J. Green this week. I think he is a spectacular flex play. And jumping on that train, um, coincidentally from the same game from last week, but the opposite side of the ball, 
My flex play is Jarvis Landry. And let me remind y'all that we have to choose players for our flex plays that are outside of the top 20 for their position rankings in both Yahoo and ESPN. How the number one wide receiver in Cleveland, the clear number one wide receiver, they love Jarvis Landry there, and I know there's Rashard Higgins, but they love Jarvis Landry there, and I know there's Harrison Bryant, but they love Jarvis Landry there. They find ways to get him the ball, and the Las Vegas Raiders have the fifth worst pass defense in the league. The funny thing is, the Cleveland Browns have the third worst, so this should be a shootout. And Jarvis Landry is outside of the top 20 in wide receivers. Get Jarvis Landry into your lineup. He is a super solid flex play. I I don't know how he does not get you at least double-digit fantasy points. What, as if there's going to be a triple-digit fantasy points? No, you know what I mean. At least in the teens. Um, but I think Jarvis Landry is going to absolutely feast. Do you have a running back for our dear friends? I do, in fact, even though, like I said, I am a little bit more reluctant I like Justin Jackson this week. That's good to know. Yes, it is. Um, because we have a little bit of investment in Justin Jackson because of our investment in Austin Eckler. And <laughs> Eckler? Yes, you heard me correct. Justin Jackson, if you remember going into the game last week, uh, he was questionable. Yes, he put in a full practice, but they were saying they were going to test him pregame to make sure that he was okay. They were going into that game planning to use both Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. And if you look at the game before, if you look look the week before the last game, nah, dude, you're going to have to look further back. They had a bye week the week before last. Well, you, okay, you know what I mean. Okay, so back in week five, the last time they played in week five was against New Orleans Saints. And Justin Jackson outcarried Joshua Kelly 15-11. to 11. Averaged 4.7 yards per carry to Joshua Kelly's 2.6. Joshua Kelly just cannot get above the three yards per carry mark. Plus, Justin Jackson got six targets in that game. Justin Jackson is the guy that they want to use more than Joshua Kelly. I think Joshua Kelly was more involved last week just because they were they wanted to make sure that, that Justin Jackson was okay from the injury. I think a week out from that injury, they are going to use him a lot. And even though... We're not crazy about the matchup with Denver. We like Denver's run defense has not been bad this this season. Uh, I still like the Chargers to use Justin Jackson well, and the Chargers' offense is humming under Justin Herbert. So I am in on Justin Jackson as a flex play this week. Uh, who's your running back? Uh, nice layup there. My running back is Jarek McKinnon. I know. I know. He got you almost literally nothing last week because after the fact, Kyle Shanahan decided to tell everyone that they planned on it being a rest week for him. That is how Kyle Shanahan is going to run his team. I mean, why why give up information that you don't need to give up to the other team? They were expecting more Jarek McKinnon. Instead, they got a heavy dose of Jeff, Jeff Wilson and Jermichael, uh, Jermichael what? Hastings. Aha, Jermichael Hastings. This week is Jarek McKinnon. They literally gave him a rest. Why Why would you be worried about Jarek McKinnon now? Because they're not going to rest him two weeks in a row. And he's also their best pass-catching back. If, if, I had to, if I had to guess, which is far be it from me to guess anything and to be accurate with anything, um, they saw their matchup with New England. They knew that they were going to win with more power running. 
um, and using their defense to stop New England. Uh, and they, they, they saw that, that going to be a running battle. This is the Seahawks. They're going to need to throw the ball a lot. So they were probably giving Derek McKinnon a little bit more of a rest so they could use the crap out of him this week. So somehow Jarek McKinnon, again, I, I'm surprised. He's out of the top 20 in running backs in both ESPN and Yahoo. He is an amazing flex play. I would consider him top 20 easy this week. Um, I think he is going to be very, very busy against Seattle. Um, we are running very low on time, so I'm just going to give you a couple of quick hitters just to close this out. Um, Robert Woods and Brandon Ayuk, they they are ranked 20th um, in Yahoo and uh, ESPN respectively, but they're out of the top 20 in the other one, and... They're they're both. I, I think Brandon Ayuk is a must start against Seattle with no Debo Samuel, and I think Robert Woods is Robert Woods. He he hasn't given you any reason to doubt him to this point in the season. Why would he do it now? Uh, another running back I do like Lamichael P Ryan because he is the lead back in New York, uh, and he is especially the back that's going to be catching passes. You could argue that that Frank Gore is going to be their top rusher, but they're not going to be able to rush the ball because of how many points are going to be put up on them this week by the freaking Kansas City Chiefs. The Jets are going to need to pass the ball, which means LaMichael P. Ryan will be on the field a lot. My last little quick hit flex play is Rashard Higgins. Same reason why I like Jarvis Landry. I also like Rashard Higgins this week, just not as much as Jarvis Landry. Thank you so much for being patient with us. We had another long episode today. We keep on pushing it past that 35-minute mark. We don't mean to, but we hope you are entertained, and we hope to give you, we try to give you as much information as possible to help you win your week, and we also want to entertain the crap out of you. That's our goal, baby. Win you some weeks and give you some laughs. This has been Samuels versus Schlanger. You can find us on Twitter at LT Schlamuels. Uh, you can find us on Anchor, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. You, you, if you can think of it, you can find us there. Samuels versus Schlanger. We will see you on Tuesday. Thank you all.